Welcome to episode. I lost track. I don't know. I don't know. Five. Six, I'm not the one. I think that it's asked. episode I eight. A- I think it's episode I've eight. I've only known it like episode three, and then after that, I've di- <laughs> no idea. I think it's episode eight, seven or eight. We'll go with that. Anyway, we were talking about emotions today. I know and how they affect your health and basically everything in between. And pretty much everything in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Emotions, trauma, healing emotionally, what you can do about it, nervous system stuff, all that, and a bag of chips. All that and a bag of Sete Avocado oil chips. The queso ones. Queso ones are the best. Anyways, okay. So, (laughs) helping you live your best hot heel girl life. All right. Do you have a place you want to start with this? Because there are so many points to make. There really is. Um, I guess that where I usually start with my clients is because they come in expecting nutrition. You know, obviously. Mm-hmm. They hire me. They expect, you know, that's what they're expecting is the nutrition yep. side of things. And that's what they're ready to work on. Um, but you know, where I see true healing happen is when you combine nutrition with healing your emotions also, because people can do nutrition work all day long for years and years and years. But if you don't, um, get to the root of emotionally, what's probably causing your health issues because, okay, here's the thing with a lot of hormone issues, especially, like the thyroid, because I work with a lot of people with thyroid, thyroid. hypothyroid. um, And that's what I was leaning towards was hypothyroidism. Um, So I actually pulled it up um, like specifically for the thyroid, but like the psychology behind it. So I'm just going to kind of read it because I love it. Where did you get this from? um, So this is actually from my school that I went to because they have a whole like symptom decoder thing and everything. And so they have like notes addressing like each, like adrenals or stomach or thyroid. And they address like the emotions behind each one of that. Can I say there's also a phenomenal book out there for people that don't have access to your school notes. You can heal your life by Louise Hay. Keep going. Yes. I love that book. Yes. Um, But yeah, so the thyroid which again is something that I see a lot. It's associated with humiliation and thoughts of never getting to do what one wants to do, Mm -hmm. which I can totally relate to that. Um, like my younger self. Um, so I can definitely see, you know, where I was hypothyroid, but people will often ask themselves, you know, like when will it be my turn? But this can also indicate past experience with these feelings through trauma. So thyroid imbalances may be associated with emotional upsets caused by the breaking of friendships or family relations, depression, suspicion, anxiety, and poor elimination of harmful thoughts. Mm-hmm. So that's that's just the thyroid. Yep. Um, You're like, that's one part. Yeah. <laughs> that's one part. And then another one I see, and probably you too, is also stomach issues Mm. or colon issues even people 
with like autoimmune like IBS or even Crohn's. I was going to say a lot of Crohn's and colitis. Yeah, where it has just progressed so far. That probably started years and years ago with emotions because um, autoimmune is basically your body attacking itself. Mm -hmm. So eating itself. It's an overactive immune system. Yeah. Yeah eating at itself and i find that interesting with the stomach ones because a lot of the times with the stomach it's emotions like you wanting to say things or things just just like really yeah you're holding it in your stomach and your gut and you just like you want to say it but you can't or you feel like repressed or something like that and if you're experiencing that for years and years and years it is probably going to manifest itself into some mm-hmm. sort of autoimmune disease and that's just been my experience with no, most absolutely. people with crohn's colitis ibs anything like that yeah there's often some type of deep-rooted trauma or just something that they can't work through that they're just holding inside and i want to debunk the word trauma a little bit because some people will be like well i've never i don't have any trauma right because you think trauma has to be like the big t trauma i mm-hmm. hear a lot of people refer to big t and little t trauma right big yeah. t trauma you think of like abuse things mm-hmm. like that that are huge obviously that makes an impact on your life but a lot of people have been through a lot of little t trauma stuff mm-hmm. because trauma can be anything that happens in your life if you have an emotional reaction to it mm-hmm. and it's a negative emotion. That's a trauma that mm-hmm. can be a little T trauma. Right. So, cause there's so many people that are like, I lived a great life. Yeah. <laughs> we all have emotions. We've all dealt with a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was just like a great place to start. I see in the stomach all the time. It's holding things in mm-hmm. it's holding emotions. in. typically it's like not really saying what you feel, not really allowing yourself to feel. Yep. I also notice the liver a lot is anger. Mm-hmm. Liver holds anger. Yep. And so we're getting into this, but every single organ system, whatever, has an emotional cause or an emotional tie as much as it does a physical, right? I completely agree with you. I think you, the magic happens when you find the physical, the emotional, you merge them together. Mm-hmm. And that is where you find that real healing, right? When you're able to do that, because I know personally, I did about four years of like candida cleanses of everything physical, changed my diet. I say all the time, like if you told me I, I had to eat four foods the rest of my life, I would have done it. Like I tried to diet harder. I ate, I took every supplement. I was so strict, so regimented because that's just easy mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. I did all the easy stuff. Mm-hmm. I never addressed the hard stuff, right? The emotional stuff is a lot less tangible. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's what I see with everyone. Like that's so much harder. Like I can take supplements. I can change my diet, but when you try to get them to, and there's some people obviously that they're like, I'm a hundred percent ready. Like, let's do this. Yes. But a lot of the times I will get a little pushback when I bring up healing emotions just because it is like, if you actually get into it and work through it, most people cry <laughs> like hardship. Oh yeah. yeah. When they, when they actually go through and think about, because a lot of it, at least for me is I see a lot of childhood stuff. So it's really yeah. not something that they've thought of in a long time, but when they really think about what is triggering this emotion in me that keeps coming up over and over, like what mm-hmm. happened that made me have a reaction to something like this. And a lot of the times it's like childhood or teenager where something happened. 
Yeah. And you don't even think about it because like you said, it might be repressed or for some people, it's a little T trauma that they don't associate as being a trauma. Well, as a child, I mean, you're not, you have a negative reaction to it, but you're not as a child, you're not going to be like, well, that was a trauma. Exactly. Like, that's Unless affecting it's something me emotionally. like physical abuse or something like yeah. huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what, you know, obviously most people will realize that's a trauma, but it, you know, it could be a simple, something as simple as you know, like you were really excited for something you did or like really proud of something you did and you were really excited to show it to someone and they just kind of pushed it to the side mm -hmm. or something like that. And it's, it doesn't sound big in your head, but as a kid, if it felt really big to you and then you just kind of get rejected for it, yeah. it's going to, it creates you, a negative reaction. Yeah. And you, it, your body imprints it. Your subconscious yeah, and you're going to be less likely to want to project your opinions or share your opinions or share your ideas further on down the line because if that rejection really affected you then you don't want to go through that again so on that note the subconscious mind right that's where this is all rooted mm -hmm. it the subconscious mind as we know it's not like our conscious mind right it's not everything that you are fully aware of but it rules about 80 percent of what we do on a daily basis which mm -hmm. is they say 80 to 90 that's like everything <laughs> we're doing everything regimented because you don't even like I was thirsty. I got up and I got a cup of water. I didn't think about it. I just did it because that's what you do. Mm -hmm. Right. Things like that. Or like when you wake up, you go brush your teeth, all that stuff. It may not necessarily be like you are choosing to do it. You just do it. Mm -hmm. Those are all the easiest examples. Right. But then obviously with our subconscious mind ruling everything, goes all the way back to the beginning like we were saying when you were children all that stuff so that there's just so much subconscious work that has to be done within healing a lot mm -hmm. of people I find don't believe they can heal even though they'll say out loud no I I'm looking for my healing of course I've spent all this money but like when it gets down to it they don't believe it mm -hmm. they're like well I've known this for the past five years I've known this for the past 10 years 15 years I don't know any different and I'm like okay so we have to create your new normal now in your head before you can even live it out your mind has to believe it before you can get there yep which is like the hardest thing for everyone to get into right because mm -hmm. you're like well how can i believe it if i've never seen it i'm like <laughs> you have to yep you just yeah like you said you have to and i mean i think for me and i know i've heard you say this too emotions are the hardest thing to work through like, oh my god yeah i 100 percent avoided it for as long as I could because like I was like I can just get here through diet and supplements and, and I didn't have any issues yeah emotionally exactly well I knew I did but... <laughs> oh. well I guess I probably did too I like I thought I had worked through them right mm -hmm. but I like hadn't really done any work around it just in my head I was like I've talked about it I've worked on it which no yeah I mean same like there was a point where I was like yeah I definitely worked through this like I'm good and then it's like six months down the road and the same issues keep resurfacing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe, you know, <laughs> I actually have to go a little bit deeper and do some deeper work here. For me, that's what it was. Cause like I said, the emotions were hard and I thought, well, I lived, I had a great childhood, right? Like I did get sick as a young kid, but other than that, like had a great childhood in high school, I was in an emotionally abusive relationship. But then like once we 
broke up when I was in college. I talked to everyone about it all the time. And I was like, I worked on that. I talked to everyone. I got it out. Right. I did not hold it in by any stretch of the imagination, but that was not nearly enough. Mm -hmm. That wasn't like me doing trauma work, me doing internal work, whatever that means to you. Right. Like sitting with yourself, meditating, journaling, therapy, you name it, any sort of other emotional work. I didn't do anything like that. Mm -hmm. So like talking about it was not enough for me. Exactly. And yeah, a lot of people think that too. They're like, well, if I just talk about it, like that releases it, right? It can help. It definitely helps. Yeah. Everything is so individualized, like anything. Mm -hmm. It can help. For some people, it also can do the opposite. Mm -hmm. For some people, talking about it can quite literally trigger physical reactions in their body, right? Mm -hmm. Panic attacks, you name it. I have someone I know who subconsciously drank and didn't remember it because anytime something, it was a traumatic event in their life. Anytime it would get brought up, they would reach to drink and then not remember it. Mm -hmm. That's scary. Yeah. And that's, that's how much your subconscious belief (laughs) rules. That's just a big sign of, yeah. How much your emotions actually affect your reactions. Yeah. So that's, I mean, these are larger examples, but just to, in the book, I'm going to throw a couple of books at you. Cause if you want to learn more about this, or if you want to, maybe you're not sure which way you want to go with this, right? Cause there's so many different ways to heal emotionally. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like we say with practitioners, there's like neurofeedback. You can do that. You can do primal trust. I know people do brain rewiring. I ta- dabbled in brain rewiring for a little, I like MBSR, all of that stuff. But if you're like, I want to read more about all of it and understand it, The Body Keeps the Score is a great book too. Yes. And in that book, they talk about a girl who was uh, sexually assaulted and she would sleepwalk and eat in the middle of the night. And she ended up being obese because of it. And she was subconsciously trying to make herself unattractive to the opposite sex. Like things like this, you don't, how was she supposed to know what she was doing? Mm-hmm. She didn't. Your subconscious yeah. and your mind rules everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the body keeps the score is good, but there is some like dark moments in it. Like they talk about some of people's trauma and sometimes personally, I'm not the best at reading those things. I don't really like it. I can't watch scary movies. I can barely watch Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I'm a baby. I'm very sensitive to these things. Yeah. So like one of those one... books that needs to come with a trigger warning. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I'm like, yeah. that's not even something I dealt with. It's just that personally, mm-hmm. when I read about other people's stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, it can. I mean, it can be hard to. But I think for me, I I like knowing all of the ranges like of what people go through and what can go through and like what happens, mm-hmm. because then I can better explain to someone else who might be going through something like yeah. that. But that makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've only dealt with one person that was really an extreme case. All the other ones, it's mostly not believing they can heal. Although they're like, because hear me out, right? You go through a month of protocol, two months of a protocol, maybe you start getting better. And then some people self-sabotage. Some mm-hmm. people will do things like binge eat, or they'll just be like, well, it's not going to keep going like this, right? It's going to get worse. Or others, you'll get to whatever month in and you'll be like, well, I'm not seeing any changes. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, it's all internal. Or they're like, well, I'm still having symptoms. And I'm like, 
all right, well, how long did it take for you to get sick? Do you believe that you can heal? Because they're like, well, how can I believe I can heal if I'm seeing all these symptoms? And I'm like, it's hard, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like we just mentioned with the stomach stuff and something like that, those emotions have probably been around for 10 plus years or more. So if it takes you that long to get sick, you're not just going to heal and probably not just going to heal in three months. I mean, if you're a, a lucky case, you might see major improvements in three months, but full healing is probably not going to happen that quickly. Mm-hmm. No, it takes, and I find it just takes so much long to unwire that trauma, to rewire other positive experiences, just because it's, it's the deep stuff. Mm-hmm. And your bo- <laughs> your brain has been going to that reaction for so long. And your body holds onto it and it imprints mm-hmm. and you just don't even realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're not just like preaching at you here. We've been through it. At least I have definitely been through it. So (laughs) we're not just like sitting here and being like, you need to do this and this and this. Like, no, we've, I still constantly work through emotions. Um, I cried earlier today to fight song, working through my emotions. (laughs) Music is great for working through emotions. It's the best. Yeah. Because I've been going through a lot with a couple of my loved ones who are working through subconscious stuff with their healing. And so it's so hard for me because I have no control over it, right? Mm -hmm. When it's someone you love and you care about so much and you cannot do a damn thing about their subconscious mind. Yeah. That is not my work to be done. Yeah. I think it's the hardest when you're, oh my God, it's someone that's super close to you. Oh my God. It's definitely so much harder. (laughs) <laughs> has been quite literally physically painful for me at times. So like I'm going through a lot of emotions around that too. And I'm like, what the fuck I healed a bunch of emotions and now I'm still going through more of it, which like, mm-hmm. sorry, if you don't like the F word, I apologize, but you know, that's how I felt. <laughs> that's okay. how the I feel sometimes. Really rated explicit. So you're good. Yeah. You're I'm sorry about that. I saw it was rated explicit and I was like, Oh, that's probably me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Reed, Reed looks at it and he's like, Hey, guys, do you know your podcast is rated explicit? And I was like, I well, yeah, I did that on purpose because <laughs> we talk about shit. So we, I was going to say, we literally talked about poop for like half of the podcast. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. <laughs> There's your so, laugh in the middle of trauma. Right. In the middle of this deep conversation. Mm-hmm. No, because we, we both truly get it. And like I said, mm-hmm. I'm still going through it because a loved one of mine is going through it. And I am not yet at a point where I can completely detach from it because I just care so much. And I don't know that I'll ever be at a point where I can completely detach from it. I was going to say, I don't, I mean, I guess depending on your own emotions, but like for me, I'm such an empath and I'm so sensitive. I pick up other people's emotions like a magnet. It's Yeah. And when it's it's someone you unconditionally love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think you can ever detach from that unless you just would totally shut the person out of your life exactly and i'm trying to distance myself a little bit from it and the fact that i don't think that i can heal this because i can't that's just the truth it's not something that i can do it's not my work to be done Mm -hmm. so in that sense i'm trying to sort of distance myself from it but like i said i'm not detached from it like i'm still going through the weeds Mm -hmm. i'm like this is years later so this is like your fun newsflash that practitioners still go through a lot oh yeah that's why we're practitioners because <laughs> we went through it all and we want to help you guys we went through it all it. and then i feel like sometimes god the universe whatever you want to call it is like you know i think you need another lesson to take to your clients and i'm like mm-hmm. another 
<laughs> we always have to be learning. So it makes us better practitioners. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, you sure I need one more? Like, cause I think I'm good. Yeah. Like I'm good for now. <laughs> check again, check back in a year. We'll see. I Maybe I need more knowledge in a year. <laughs> That's literally how it works. So like, don't ever think that your practitioners have it all together. Don't ever think that we are, I mean, don't get me wrong. We have a lot of knowledge, right? We've done a lot of research, but like, we do not have it all together. There is. And personally, I would want a practitioner that's always learning. Yeah. I don't want someone that's just going to be like, well, I know what I know. And that's it. Because yeah. if I don't know something, I'm going to go find it out for you. If you have a yeah. question, I will go research it and find out the answer for you. Exactly. And we have access to lots of research, knowledge, cell core, other practitioners, all that stuff, like mm -hmm. so much. So that's like, you always want someone that's like, if I don't know it, I will figure it out. Everything is figure outable. Yeah. That's, that should be the answer that you get from someone, not just some BS answer, like making up or pretending they know what they're talking about. Like if you mm -hmm. have a question and they don't know, I would hope they would tell you, look, I don't know but I will find out for you yeah. and get you the answer. Yeah. That happens to me on some of my calls because obviously I want all the answers on the spot, but I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, if that's something I've never seen before, I have to get back to you on that. Yeah. And I feel like people appreciate that. Yeah. Cause they're like, okay, at least I know you'll be doing the research for me. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, man, <laughs> <laughs> but we will find it out. So, um, I want you to talk about MBSR a little bit because okay. that's not something that I have dabbled in at all other than like watching a few YouTube videos on it. Okay. So it stands for mind, body, fear release. I, for a while knew I wanted to incorporate something emotional into my practice. I never really was fully aware of what I didn't know if I wanted to do brain rewiring or maybe Reiki or something like that, but nothing ever really resonated with me. Like it mm -hmm. took me I liked them. I had people do them on me, but it was just never the thing I thought I wanted to do until I found MBSR. And it's a little bit complicated to explain, but so if you believe in muscle testing, I firmly believe in muscle testing, right? We're all quantumly entangled. Literally energy is everything. Mm -hmm. So I muscle test people for trapped emotions, blocks to positive emotions, any sort of like organs, glands, pathogens, a lot of other limiting beliefs, things like that. I muscle test them for whatever they're resonating with for mm -hmm. this specific, um, like affirmation. We'll start with an intention. That's what I mean. We start with an intention. Like I, I aspire to believe to be abundantly successful, healthy, blah, 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 whatever that is. And then I muscle test them for what they need to clear within that. So it's like mm -hmm. a whole binder full of stuff, right? All of those emotions, all of this trap stuff could be an event to a lot of people have to clear events muscle test them for it, whatever they resonate for. And then I clear them at the very end with like a, an imprinted laser on myself. So like I'm using myself as a proxy, right? It's very similar to muscle testing, how like you can use someone as a proxy. Mm -hmm. I use this frequency imprinted laser. I clear myself on the meridians, on the third eye, all this stuff and on the organs and the glands that they tested for. And then it quite literally creates detox reactions in most people, because when you're clearing emotions, it can create a strong detox reactions. We also clear emotions within organs sometimes. And like I said, pathogens like bacteria, parasites, yeast, biofilms, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I always, I just struggle to talk about it. I think I haven't found that, that like sweet spot yet because 
to some people, it's not going to hit at all. Right. You're going to be like, that makes no sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> but to people who've experienced energy work in any form, it does make sense to you. Right. Because you know mm -hmm. how things can be done through energy. Like it just is. And yeah. then through frequency imprinted laser, if you had seen the amount of liver flukes I've cleared from one of my MBSR sessions, you would know that it was not all out there. And then at the end, you, I give you or some, whoever the client is like homework, like meditations, maybe a certain prayer, maybe a certain book to read sometimes, um, essential oils or something just to like help calm or like other nervous system supportive tools, mm -hmm. like breath work and all that good stuff. I found that my clients that, so everyone has a different package in my practice. I just want everyone to do what feels best for them. The mm -hmm. clients that do MBSR in conjunction with all of the physical stuff are the ones that do the best, right? Because they are the ones that are, there is physical work to be done to release those trapped emotions, limiting mm -hmm. beliefs, emotional blocks, trauma, yada, yada, you name it. Yeah, that's, that would be the same here. Mm -hmm. definitely the people who do that because like we were talking about like I I think we do a little bit different emotional work like I definitely do MBSR but also with the clients that don't want it I will have them like address things and maybe do affirmations or mantras to themselves too but some people because I don't have the training and like what you did for like it being in specific organs glands or whatever mm -hmm. a lot of people don't want to do that work a lot yeah. of people are like yeah okay and then we meet the next month and they're like, so I'm sleeping better. Haven't really done that. And I'm like, I can't force you to, right? I'm never, mm -hmm. I'm, I cannot force you to work <laughs> on the emotional aspect, but even something as small as an affirmation or a meditation every single day goes a long way. Mm -hmm. It really does. Mm -hmm. You just post a post-it note to your mirror where you're brushing your teeth every day. Or, you know, I even tell people there's so many like affirmation videos on YouTube, just turn it on and have it in the background. Yeah. Um, if you're taking or like, like solfagio frequencies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're doing something for like 20 minutes or whatever, just put that on in the background and you're like, we're talking about your subconscious will absorb that. So, yeah. Yeah. And I find the most, so I love an affirmation because when you do them right, they're truly very, very powerful. Like a lot of people will just say it and not believe it and just, eh, I am wealthy, mm -hmm. I am abundant. And like, when you do it like that, it's never going to do anything, right? Mm -hmm. When you say it and you freaking believe it, and some people are like, how am I supposed to believe it if I don't believe it? Okay. So I get them to think about something positive first. I'm like, think of something positive, a positive memory, your dog, your kid, whatever gets you like happy and like in that sort of state and then start saying your affirmation. So you're already in that state. Mm -hmm. and I'm telling you it works wonders they are so if, if that's all that you can do because you're like I can't meditate I can't sit still one I tell almost every single person that says I can't meditate that is a whole other can of worms if you <laughs> truly cannot sit still for five ten minutes with your thoughts I hate to say, it, but that's why you're sick, right? If you can't mm -hmm. sit still with your thoughts for five to 10 minutes. That's a hundred percent true. That what you just said right there. If you can't sit still with your thoughts, that's why you're sick. Yeah. I was one of those people. Mm -hmm. I get it. But my first yoga class, I was talking to my friends the entire time. I was laughing. I was joking. 
And then I had some like low back pain at the time, but my back felt so much better after. So that's why I kept going back. I was like, mm-hmm. uh, yoga so slow. How do I move this slow? My body wants to move fast. <laughs> the amount of people that have told me this and I'm like, I get it. Cause I was the same way. My body wants to move fast. I can't move slow, boring. Mm-hmm. And then I went back and I went back and I ended up liking it. I ended up being a yoga instructor. Same with meditation. I couldn't sit still. Mm-hmm. I started with God. I think guided meditations are a great thing to get you in the door because a lot of people can't just sit still in the silence. They have mm-hmm. to start with a guided meditation first. Okay. No shame in that game. Right. Yeah. It's a great place to start five, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I couldn't sit still. I was the same way. And then I went through a really, really rough breakup and I was like, okay, I know that this is good for me to be with my thoughts for five to 10 minutes instead of distracting myself. Mm-hmm. So I started doing the calm app, the guided meditations. Every time I would start to get anxious and start to get worked up, I would be like, this is 10 minutes. I even did it at work. I would sit at my desk and mm-hmm. hope that no one came and tapped me on the shoulder. <laughs> but that's what helped me calm down. And mm-hmm. I'm still a very high energy person, right? Don't get me wrong, but now I can meditate. And now I have the ability to slow down instead of being like, must move fast. Yeah. You need that balance for sure. Um and I have to mention too, I like EFT tapping also because of that Ooh. reason. Because um, like you said, not everybody's going to resonate with the MBSR. Like it's just hard for them to wrap their mm-hmm. mind around. But what I do love about EFT is because, again, you can go to YouTube and find yeah. an EFT tapping for almost anything. And so if you don't know what EFT is, it stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. And it's basically saying an affirmation or saying something that you want to release and then you tap certain points on your body and it helps your body release those emotions. And mm-hmm. they're not usually very long. They're maybe like five to 10 minutes. Some of them are even three minutes. You can just do it as many times as you want, but it works really well and it's really easy for people to do again, because you have someone there that you're just saying it with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also books you can get on that too, if you wanted to do a whole book and just go through everything, but you can find the specific things if there's something specific that you want to address, because I have a lot of people that have, um, issues like childhood issues with their parents or one parent in specific. And you can just like release this, like I felt this way with my dad, or I felt this way with my mom you just release those emotions through the tapping. And I will have people tell me that they just after five minutes, they will feel so much better or, you know, they'll start crying or whatever it is. Yeah. I love that. That's the thing. Sometimes you need a more active form of like clearing stuff. And sometimes you need something that's like more subconscious. Mm -hmm. There's, there's something for everyone because there's so many different ways to undo this stuff. And I tell everyone, cause like you can look into primal trust. I've heard great things about it. Never done it. You can look into brain rewiring. I know quite a few brain rewiring coaches. Again, I've done it. It never really hit with me mm-hmm. because I had to bring up the negative emotions. So personally, I'm not someone who can bring up the negative emotions. It usually sends me down a spiral. Mm-hmm. Same. And that <laughs> happens to a lot of people, right? That's mm-hmm. why therapy never hit well with me because I can talk about it when I want to all the time but when I'm being forced to it it's it just a lot kind of me. shuts me down yeah like 
when I, and that's the same thing. Journaling was hard for me for a while until I started finding gratitude journaling prompts Mm -hmm. because I would just write a bunch of like stream of consciousness and it was always negative. And then I'd feel worse after because I'm Mm -hmm. like, it just brought up all this negativity and I'm not saying you need to be positive all the time. Right. That's not at all what I'm saying, but like journaling typically should feel like a release. Mm -hmm. I feel like I put it there. I feel better for me. It was like, Oh my God, there's so much stuff that just came out and I feel <laughs> like I need to just lay in bed and cry and be catatonic for an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can relate to that. And so that's why there's a million different ways to clear this stuff. Like you said, tapping. I've mm-hmm. heard of it, never done it. I don't know why, honestly. It's. I guess I just like it because it's very easy for people to do. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's usually very short if you're just honing in on something specific. Yeah. And they can just go to YouTube and do it along with whomever is doing it on YouTube. I love that. I also love visualizations because so our body can't perceive the difference between our thoughts and our reality. Mm -hmm. Your body sees it all the same, right? If you're picturing something bad happening, it doesn't know if it's your reality or if it's your brain playing Mm -hmm. tricks on you. So that's why I love visualizations because we can use that in a positive sense, right? Because you can quite literally visualize what you want, how you want to feel. But again, you have to feel it. When you're visualizing, you can't just see it. You have to feel it. Yeah. And you can help yourself, again, slowly turn into that person that you want to be, slowly recover from those things that you want to recover from. All this stuff is not a very, very quick one and done type of process never is mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a pro- it is a process but it i found visualizations to be phenomenal yep. there's so many different modalities yeah there really is and i think you do just have to find the one that what resonates with you. you the one that you're going to stick to yeah and do but yeah there is a lot of them out there so there will be something for you and I want to go back to the whole meditation thing. I'm not hating on you. If you are someone who you're like, I can't meditate. Maybe you can't, but if you can't, if you're not good at meditating, that's okay. But as long as you're someone who's able to slow down, like I was someone who was like, must go fast all the time. Can't be slow. Mm -hmm. And I've had clients like that. Yeah. And that's what I mean by if you can't meditate like that, that's if you're someone who's like a big yogi, but you're like, I can't sit and listen to nothing. But like yoga is very meditative. That's fine. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm also a big fan of walking meditation Mm -hmm. where you just do a very slow walk you're outside with no distractions or maybe you do just put the affirmations in your ears like yeah whatever you're listening to do the affirmations do the music but just kind of quiet your mind down where you're not listening to a podcast you're not listening to pump you up music yeah Yeah, like all you're just calming down for a little bit yeah it's like quieting the world, quieting your thoughts, just allowing yourself to be and mm-hmm. not do. Yeah. Because I don't usually have a problem sitting and meditating. I have a problem falling asleep <laughs> after that. But I do really well just being outside. Like if I can just, I can sit outside and meditate much, much easier than I can sit in the house and do it. Mm-hmm. And then I also do just love walking and just being very aware of nature and just kind of absorbing the nature sounds Mm -hmm. so for me that is a good form of meditation yeah it's meditative 
I also love breath work. Again, it's more active, but it does get the same vibe, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're listening to someone teach you how to breathe, what to think about, how to infuse your breath, like inhale, exhale, more active, but it's still getting you into a very meditative state. Mm -hmm. Like I said, or you could do, I still love me some good old guided meditations. (laughs) I still do. I can meditate on my own, but it also depends. Sometimes when I have squirrel brain, I do need a guided meditation to like close it out. Right. Cause I'm mm-hmm. like, we need to listen to someone to get me out of my own head. Yeah. Yeah. For me, that's, I think probably the majority of what I do mm-hmm. is definitely guided something or other, either mm-hmm. that or the music. Yeah. That's, I love that too. I do love to meditate to solfagio frequencies too. Mm-hmm. So they're just like higher hertz frequencies that are like healing frequencies. Yeah. I think uh, like 525 hertz or something like that. I love 528. It's my fave. 128. Yeah. I was like, I was listening to it this morning on my walk. <laughs> so I'm like, that's my personal fave. Mm-hmm. There are other ones too, but 528 is my favorite. Yeah. I turn those on for my dogs a lot. Like if it's thunderstorming or they're just stressed out because my one dog, it was thunderstorming last night. So she was kept me awake like two hours, but I will turn that on for her and it like doesn't totally de-stress her, but it helps. I'm sure. Do you have a red light? Cause I know a lot of people. Okay. I don't have a red light. They say it calms it's their dogs. List. It's on my list. No, it's fine. Well, I have a salt lamp, which is funny because, um, uh, she loves to sit next to the salt lamp because I used to have it um, before I moved here. I used to have it right next to my bed mm-hmm. on my nightstand and she would literally get right up on the bed right next to it and just kind of like put her face right next to the salt lamp. So That's I can cute. see that. Yeah, I've heard great things about people. Who's, they say their dogs literally cuddle up to them while they're doing red light and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't have a pup one day, but <laughs> would recommend yeah one day when i have a yard that's just yeah we want to we just don't want to have to you know especially when it's a puppy and you have to walk it all the time mm-hmm. i mean i'm a fan of adop- adopting a little bit like a dog that's out of the puppy phase that's fair <laughs> but also love puppies so yeah i'm just like allergic to dogs with fur not hair mm. so you don't typically find too many of those that, to adopt. <laughs> like, no, I th- you find them a little more now, I guess. But yeah, it would be harder. I know. I've like looked, and every time they just don't exist. And mm-hmm. I understand because people spend a lot of money on those dogs typically. So if you're spending a lot of money, you would imagine that you're not going to, yeah, neglect. But we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> That makes me think about Dog, dogs are great for your mental health. Just they are you know, tying it all in there. Oh, they are. Mm-hmm. Because they're unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And just petting them automatically de-stresses you. Or cats, you know, whatever you're into. Just petting I something soft and warm. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked a little bit about the books. I want to actually get back to that just really quickly because if anyone wants any more resources right you're like this was interesting but obviously this is only the tip of the iceberg right we Mm -hmm. did about as much as we could do 
like I said, you can heal your life by Louise. Hay is great. It also in the back has similar to what you were saying before. It's like a glossary. So if you have a specific ailment, organ, whatever, like you can look up what the emotional tie to it is. Mm-hmm. Again, that doesn't mean a hundred percent yours, but a lot of people resonate with those. Yeah. Body keeps a score by it's right in front of me. Bessel van van der Kolk. <laughs> Don't know. Um, it's just really good for explaining like how the body holds on to trauma and stuff. Again, only the, I never finished it just because it's a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of these educational books are right. Like you, it's not something you sit and read in one sitting. Yeah. It's just a lot to take in, but I did. I don't know if there should be any trigger warnings in there because like I said, I didn't fully get through it, but there are some like not so happy things, but you would imagine that about a book about trauma. Mm-hmm. And then again, started, never finished. (laughs) I have a book problem. I start and don't finish if they get boring. Some of the educational books I never finished just because I'm like, there are so many things to learn about, but emotion code by Bradley Nelson. Another thing, literally how to release your trapped emotions. I was doing a reel about this. That's why they're all right next to me. And then accessing the healing power of the vagus nerve because the vagus nerve can help a lot with nervous system dominance and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, another I book. I love that. Bye. Stanley Rosenberg. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Because that is probably something that you can do more active that can get you into more of a parasympathetic state, right? Mm-hmm. It's not as much around the emotions, but the nervous system has a lot to do with our healing as well. Yeah. I guess just touching on the the vagus nerve really quickly um that's actually why a lot of people go to smoking habits or like something to do with smoking because smoking causes them to slow down because they're inhaling so they're doing that breathing Mm. and that triggers their vagus nerve so i find that very interesting because you know a lot of people maybe not so common now like with our generation but the older generation a lot of people picked up cigarettes from like PTSD or something traumatic that happened or, you know, they just kind of grew up around it, but they're subconsciously relaxing their vagus nerve every time they do it. And that's another reason why it's so hard to quit. That's so interesting. Yeah. It's because of that inhale breath that they're doing. They're slowing their body down. They're slowing their mind down. It gets you into a parasympathetic state. Yeah. And that's another reason. It's not just the nicotine. They're addicted to it's, – it's how they relax themselves. It's the only way yeah. that they know to relax themselves. That makes so much sense though. Mm-hmm. And humming, you know, you hear people like humming under their breath. That stimulates your vagus nerve. Yeah. I do that gargling. all the time. <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time. And when I find myself just humming over and over, I'm like, what am I stressing out about? Like why am I – why am I having to do this? Like, you, why am I subconsciously you know. humming? Yeah, subconscious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do the toothpicks to the sternum. Really? That's my favorite one. Or nails. I guess it's the same thing. Yeah, it's... I was going to say, I find myself doing this a lot when I get really Or I guess you can out. do it to the bones behind your ears too, but mm-hmm. my ears are covered right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I just, I, I like the vagus nerve a lot. I find it very fascinating, like the little things that people do that bring their parasympathetic yeah. into play. 
Yeah. And that's another reason my kids, you know, like suck their thumb for a long time too, because that stimulates your vagus nerve, like Mm. sucking. Yeah. So it's like they are in a sympathetic fight or flight state and it brings them Mm -hmm. back to. So I guess let's touch upon just sympathetic and parasympathetic for those that don't know real quick. Cause if you have no idea what we've been saying, (laughs) so the sympathetic state is fight or flight, right? It's when your body is doing, 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 going, 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 you are not relaxed at all. I feel like a fight or flight, you get that from it, right? If you were a caveman, that's when you're running from a tiger and a lot of other things in your body shut down, your digestion shuts down, your hormones shut down, hair growth, all of that, because your body doesn't need that. It -hmm. needs to survive in the here and now. It's this moment. Parasympathetic is the opposite. It's rest and digest. So that's why a lot of people say like get into a parasympathetic state before you eat helps your body secrete digestive juices, all that stuff. It also, your body cannot heal in a sympathetic state. It can't heal when it's up here all the time. It's worried all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It can only heal when it's starting to rest. That was the brief. I feel like you definitely have more to add just because I, that's like my three second. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like that, that was pretty concise. I don't, just for people to absorb it, you know, like that. Yeah. To, that's why I'm to, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could obviously go much more in so depth much. with it, but that's your, that's your basic of how yeah. it functions. Like when you're sleeping, you're in a parasympathetic state mm-hmm. because your body's not stressed out. Um, and you, like you just said, you cannot survive if you're constantly at a sympathetic state. Um, if you can't sleep, if you have insomnia, if your mind is always racing, probably not in a parasympathetic state very often and again that's why sleeping is so healing because your body's in that parasympathetic state Mm -hmm. so it is calming down it is able to actually focus on healing rather than focus on everything else that you're thinking Mm -hmm. about (laughs) and so like i said i was definitely in sympathetic state right i couldn't sit down couldn't be with my thoughts couldn't stop and do yoga i was like ah must move fast like that's Mm -hmm. sympathetic that's a prime case yeah. of sympathetic dominance, right? <laughs> and things that bring you into that parasympathetic state, like you said, breath work, meditation, anything that is just sort of like relaxing, time out in nature, mm-hmm. all of that stuff that you feel yourself start. That's why people like take a deep breath because it relaxes you. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Maybe not one, maybe take two, <laughs> three, five. Actually, make sure you're taking a deep breath too because so many people yeah. just shallow like barely bring it into their chest no bring it all the way into your stomach like Mm -hmm. feel it yeah so to get into a parasympathetic state we're not saying you have to be that way all the time right but that's how you heal when your Mm -hmm. body is in a sympathetic a parasympathetic state yep that's how you digest Mm -hmm. that's when your body can focus on all of the what it considers not essential things. Like I said, digestion, hormones, hair growth. So hormones and hair growth are literally the last things when you're, when you're healing, those are the last things that get done. Yeah. When people are like, my hair is falling out in clumps. It's not good. That's your body. It sees that as absolutely not essential. Same for hormones. Mm -hmm. Your body is not ready to birth a baby. Yep. That's what your period is when you're like, Oh, I've lost my period for so long. Yeah. Your body's not ovulating because it's like, come on we, we there's a lot handle, of them. we can't handle a baby right now <laughs> it's like we can't handle anything we, we can barely handle, handle you so definitely yeah. not another growing another human <laughs> so 
those are very non-essential things. And also digestion, right? Like you're not digesting 24 seven. So sit down, take a couple of breaths before you eat. Yeah. Don't scroll through your phone. Mm-hmm. Don't stare blankly don't, at your TV. <laughs> yeah. Don't, or watch something that's like anxiety causing. For me, there's so American many... Ninja Warrior. <laughs> I feel like there's so many shows out there that are they're just like it's yeah like, just they it makes you anxious the show while you're stresses watching you out yeah. yeah so don't don't watch that while you're don't I'm, watch that I used to be really guilty I mean I'm still guilty sometimes of scrolling my phone while I eat I'm trying to be better about that um I used to read all the time while I was eating I don't know if that's quite the same but I would every single day while I was eating my lunch, I'd be reading a book or something like that. So I don't know. I mean, as long as it's not like anxiety inducing, like for some people reading is very calming mm-hmm. depending on what you're I reading. Mean, for me, it was, I was mostly reading fiction. Yeah. So, I feel like yeah. that's not as bad. Mm-hmm. They just like, the only difference is like trying to be mindful of what you're eating, right? Mm-hmm. Like not just focusing on the reading, not on what you're doing, because I find that's like one of the main issues for people when they're when they're like, oh, I have digestive issues and they literally don't even chew enough. They don't even, they mm-hmm. just don't. You just like slow in- down. Inhale your f- food. My like, husband did you does chew? that all the time. I'm constantly <laughs> asking him, I'm like, did, I, did you even chew that or did you just like vacuum suck it up? It's like. <laughs> My boyfriend's brother ate a piece of pumpkin pie in three bites and I almost pooped myself. I was like, how did you physically do that? Yeah. And then he's like, oh, my stomach hurts. I have heartburn. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. like, that's sir. your own fault. <laughs> you know, I have told you so many times how to avoid that problem. But yeah. Yeah. And again, people, I think how that, you eat. yeah, that goes back to a childhood thing, though, for him, because um, it used to be, uh, he said, like with his parents, um, I guess his dad would always eat really fast. And then they would tell him, well, the last person between him and his brother, the person who doesn't, like, hasn't finished all their food, like, the last person to finish their food has to clean up the dishes because I guess his little brother was really slow. And so they were trying to speed him up (laughs) by telling him that. And so Reed's like, I would eat really fast so I wouldn't have to clean up, but then it wouldn't work because my little brother would just eat slow anyway, so... Yeah, so now he's wired to think that he has to eat fast. Yep. My parents used to say I was the slowest eating child in the whole world, and um, nothing has changed. I will take 45 minutes to eat my lunch. Because when we used to have a whole lunch hour, people would be like, how are you still eating? And I'm like, I don't know. I eat more food than you, Yeah. which I did, but that wasn't why. I'm always, like, sometimes I get embarrassed because I'll go out with people, and they're all, like, done and I've barely gotten halfway through my food. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm sorry. I physically cannot eat faster than this. Half the time, I feel like I truly can't eat faster. I'm like, how are your digestive juices working right now? Mine mm-hmm. need me to eat and chew. Yeah, I will feel just pure crap if I inhaled as fast as most of the people I know. Three bites for a piece of butter. <laughs> I, I mean, also was it, was it a small piece or was it a no, big piece? I also okay. I'm not gonna lie, I encouraged it because it was blowing my mind. Like I looked at him and he took two bites and they were humongous, and I was like, Bet you can't eat that in three. And he proved me wrong. 
but it was quite literally one of the scariest things because then he's like I didn't really want to do it in three but you said I couldn't and I was like well so that's why we're talking about parasympathetic state because we want you to chew how can you get into that before you eat you can take a couple breaths one of the greatest ways to get yourself ready to eat a meal is by cooking it because your body when you smell the food start to cook, your digestive juices start to get going in your body. Like you salivate, right? Your digestive enzymes, your salivary amylase starts producing, or like I said, chew slowly. You can rub the bones behind the back of your ears, take a couple of deep breads. You can sniff your food. I don't do that, but some people love it. I think it's great. You got any other tips? I always say it's how you eat is almost as important as what you eat. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, no, I think those were, I think those were good tips. I think we covered quite a bit. We're over the hour mark. Yeah. I think, I think we're so, like right there. Yeah. I feel like that was a good episode. Pretty concise about we most packed things. packed a lot in. Yeah. We didn't go off track too much. Only a little bit at the end. <laughs> Only a little bit. That always but, happens. I don't know. But like, let's be real. It was still pretty intact. It yeah. was what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. I feel like every episode we do, I'm like, this is one of my favorites. This is one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like me. Everything's my favorite. Yeah. And it's because it's true. Em, where can the people find you? You can find me at Emily Joy Wellness on Instagram, website, YouTube, all the places. What about you? At the T-H-E Rooted in Health. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram. I'm on my website (laughs) and we will also leave these linked in the bio as well so you can connect with both of us one of us whichever one you want and if you want to leave a rating subscribe leave a review we would absolutely love that and if you're on youtube drop a comment like the video we appreciate everything because Trying to stay relevant in the algorithm these days is a tough job. So please help us out. (laughs) Yeah. And we want to know what you guys want to hear about. Like I said, we, I say this every single episode and I'm going to keep saying it. We just go by what we think we would want to hear about, but what, by what's going on in our practices. What Mm -hmm. do you want to hear? Tell us. Yeah. Either leave it in the comment or send us a DM, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to do. We want to make episodes for you guys.